Blog Talk Radio. And they'll record a music video, and 
mean, this this video, I believe I heard, I'm not sure if I'm correct, it has about 60 million hits on YouTube. I bet that can't be right. 60? Was it 6 million? Still, that's a lot of people are watching this video, commenting on it, positive and negative. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot. That's that's, that's, that's incredible. Uh, I think it's 17 million or 60 million or something like that. I'm not sure, but it's it's it's, it's, it's amazing and uh, it's not it's it's, it's 16 ongoing. million, 16 million hits. I can't believe that. You know, I don't I don't think she's the best singer, and I, I watched the video and. Uh, I, I I don't know. I don't think she's Justin Bieber. <laughs> See, it's not even so much about being the best singer. There's been just a lot of talk about being the worst, the worst song ever, the worst singer ever. But you know what? It's not. You know what? It's like we've profiled a lot of musicians on this show in the past. We we like child prodigy like guitar players and these people who can like who really dare the musicians who they practice hard and they play better than with better precision than some adults or perhaps myself someone who has not played a musical instrument in years and these people they're musicians I think there's like a big Difference, even though it does like blur in both places between being a musician and just being a performer or an entertainer. Jay, what are your thoughts yeah. on that? Well, yeah, now you really see there's a difference. I mean, this really she's she's took it to the limit. She's it's a separation there. There's a difference between being a musician and a great artist. And a uh, talk singer, I guess. I don't know how it, how I how, I'm trying to see what category, but talk music. I mean, it, it, it's kind of like putting it in terms of being an entertainer, being a performer. Like, like you can go into like the whole boy band generation of the '90s, and the biggest star to come out of it who's still around today, Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake, maybe he knows how to play the guitar, maybe he knows how to play instruments, but he's He's not known as a musician. He's known as a performer, as an entertainer, as a singer, as a pop star, as a movie star. He's a, I mean, the, I mean, there's no doubt Justin Timberlake is a big star, but Justin Timberlake's not a musician. Well, 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 I, well you know, he does play keyboards, you know, so he's not a, he's not a musician for well, well, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, personally, I, I did not know. I did not know that. I just remember them just like the Backstreet Boys at the same time or the New Kids in the Block in the 80s about these these groups where all the girls were in love with them instead of me. Yeah, he he plays a little keyboard. He does. And wow. I, do, I, I watch his uh, live show DVD. And actually, he was pretty good. He plays a little keyboards, but he, you know, he's not Mozart. You know, I mean, you know, but he plays a little keyboard. I mean, this, this girl is uh, this is amazing. This is the most amazing. This this just takes it to the zenith. I'm, anybody should have a hit video 
in the world now. It doesn't matter if you can sing, you can jump rope. I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, you can just have a hit viral video. This proves, this test tops the cake. I never see anything. This is history in the making, actually, you know. You can talk and you I mean, can put it's really, hours. it's been like a generation of like the last like decade. We've seen people become famous because of the internet, but it's like unlike Justin Bieber. I mean, Justin Bieber was also discovered on YouTube, but Justin Bieber has talent, and he was discovered because he was because of these amateur videos that he was putting up that he was so talented. This is not that. No, this is like storytelling music. I, I mean, it's like somebody's telling a story, reading it off a of paper, it's right in front of them. And they're just reading it into the mic and recording it, what happened to them that day. <laughs> I've never said, I mean, wow. it's kind of good. And it's kind of good because it opens up where pe- regular, normal people can kind of recite their song on the internet. You know, like a person can just tell a story. I went to the, you know, I went to the store. I came home. I sat down on my couch. And I watched TV. Then I went to sleep. I mean, a person can just go ahead and tell what happened to them the day now. Now it's kind of like, it's like a social song, which is kind of, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a trip, you know? This opens up a new category. You know, people just saying whatever they want to say and, and adding auto-tune. And I think that, I think what it was is that it, it allows people to have their dreams because I think the big difference between... This video adds, I mean, there are millions of videos of YouTube, on YouTube. There are millions of people who, they sing. Like, I can, like, I can go onto YouTube right now and I can sing Happy Birthday, actually not Happy Birthday because it's copyrighted. I can sing the National Anthem and not get sued. Put that on YouTube. But, the, but just because my song's out there doesn't mean anyone's going to see it. I mean, it's like, have you... Like, how do you promote, like, your material? I mean, sometimes it can be discovered by accident. Sometimes you can have a marketing campaign. Like, I wonder how it's like the anatomy of a viral video. Like, I mean, this Rebecca Black Friday video is clearly, it's a viral video. It was, it's not a video that was designed to be distributed to millions of people, but that's what happened. Right. Like what happened? Right. Like what happened? Like how people? Like who is the first person to have discovered this video and thinking, "Wow, this is entertaining. I should send it to twenty of my friends. Send it to twenty of their friends. It's to twenty of their friends. To the point where it gets sixteen million friends of friends of friends of friends have watched this video. Right. And and and, like, and that's what happened. And then some, probably some video, I, uh, you, the YouTube guru picked it up on their site, who have who probably have a following of a million or two, and they put it on their channel, and it probably picked up even more fans because right. they thought it was, I mean, it was. Right, like it's like on Monday when you, we were talking about the girl who did the Lady Gaga cover that Lady Gaga herself put on Twitter, and said, "Watch this." Right. Right, and and that looks like what happened here, but at least that girl was really talented. This is uh, I don't know what this is. Uh, this is uh, this, this this is like I like for example like 
Like, I always had those dreams of, like, watch, of, like, hosting a late-night talk show. I could make my own late-night talk show. I get my own guest. I could put it on YouTube. That doesn't mean everyone's going to watch it, but I could do it. And perhaps there's a company that could, perhaps there's a company just like this one that could, like, produce shows that basically pay to, like, I think the issue is about a scale because the company that produced this Friday video for Rebecca Black, whose parents paid for this video to be made, like the prices being undisclosed, although a lot of outside analysis are saying that they it might have cost even somewhere between twenty to thirty thousand dollars to make that um, for the whole project. And the question is, can it be done in scale? Is there a market for people who just want to be a pop star right now, even if they don't even if they don't have talent? Well, I think it is. I think now, you know, everyone can play, and technology has taken it to the zenith where everyone can now play ball. Doesn't have to, you doesn't have to, you don't have to be able to have all the talent. You don't have to be the greatest dancer. You don't have to be the greatest anything. You could just be a normal everyday person, and now you can become a viral video. And everybody wants to. If you have something to say, and people want to hear it and see it. Voila, you can do it now, which is kind of great. And we should embrace this new technology and these new things that these people are doing now. Whether you, you know, because, you know, why not have a side of music where people aren't talented? You know, like, this is the talented people. You can be the, you know, listen to their side and their visions and their creativity. Or you can listen to the untalented people who might have something to say more verbally than musically. So, She's, Rebecca is just saying she wants to have fun and go out and she can't wait to Friday and Thursday's here and she wants to sit in the front or the back seat. She doesn't know what she wants to do, but she wants to have fun. Most people... Well, you know, I'm, 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 I'm driving, so I'm in the front seat. Oh, so you're, you're driving. Okay, so well, I'm going to be in the back seat and I get to look out the window and, 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 and have fun and, and holler at people and wave and, and do things and you have to be the designated driver. You can't do all that. So I'm going to be, well, I'm going to be standing at a. I'm going to be standing at a bus stop and waiting for a convertible with six people in it, where there's no space for me to begin with. But somehow I got fit in. Well, you know, for, and, and you know what? I mean, most people were Becca's age. Those kids, they like to drive the strip and cruise, and that's what they do. That's fun for them to get in the she's car, 13. go down. She's She's too young to even get a learner's permit. <laughs> but she can ride in the back seat of the car, though. I mean, I need to ride back in the car. I know, I know that there's been. I mean, it's like with, with your kids. Like, did you as children? Did you allow them to as young kids? Were you, did you allow them to sit in the front seat? Because I know that I've seen all these controversies. I've seen all these like parents groups that 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 say that like it should be illegal for kids to sit in the front seat because of safety precautions. Right, being airbag with some other room and all that great yeah. stuff that happens to them. Yeah, but it's, most kids, that's all they can do. Like you said, she's too young to drive. She can't go to any bars. She can't go to any clubs. She can't hang out at any joints. So, therefore, the backseat of the car is as far as she can take it. So, she's having a ball back there. You know, she's, but, but she can drink fruit punch. Or if her parents allow her, she can drink some soda. 
That's what you can do with a friend. I mean, it's kind of strange because... Well, carbonated fruit punch. punch. When I watch the video, I see our friends, they're driving a car. So what, what, the guy that's driving, he's 16, he has a learner's permit, and he's picking How does that work? You know, I actually, to be honest, I didn't get my learner's permit until I was 20. I know before I had a license, I would sit in the car with my driving instructor or, or my father and just follow and just listen to them and follow them until I, until I got my license after multiple tries. <laughs> wow. It's a, it's a new world. It's a new world where now instead of people just watching cable and national TV, they watch YouTube channels, which is... And, and, and there are people that could just even circumvent table. I mean, there's a whole generation of cord cutters. Like, like there's, like, did you hear there's a new TV show that's coming out that, that's being produced and directed by David Fincher, who directed The Social Network that stars Kevin Spacey. And there was a bidding war for this new show. You, you know who got it? You know, you know where the show's going to be airing when it, I believe, in the fall or, or early next year? Where, where, where? I'm really interested. I, I'm, I'm, like, like I heard there were networks like HBO and AMC and cable networks were bidding for none of them. This show what? is going to be this is this new show is going to be debuting on Netflix. Wow! So a whole new that's a whole new platform. Pretty that's wow. That I mean it's, it's like I mean I mean it's the idea of. You have Netflix and Hulu, which in their own ways have become these destinations for long-form content. Mostly it's been old movies or TV shows, but Mm -hmm. it's come to the point where there has been some original programming, I know that's been on Hulu, but this is like really like the first like major highly produced primetime drama series with named talent directing, producing, and starring in it. I mean, Kevin Spacey's a movie star. Kevin, Kevin Spacey doesn't do TV. He has never, like, thrown in a TV series. And his first quote-unquote TV series is not even going to be on TV. It's not going to be in theaters. It's going to be on Netflix.com. Wow. So, wow. So, with this Xfinity and all these new broadband uh, apple, uh, uh, distribution, you can just watch everything on the Internet. You don't even need to watch regular TV anymore. That's basically what's going to happen. Uh, on the most part, I mean, there are there are lots of, obviously the powers that be, those who still exist, have been just fighting it. For example, the biggest area where there's been a lot of protection over sport, I mean, content being broad, I mean, being broadcast live on the internet is sports. Like for example, Major League Baseball probably is probably one of the most tech savvy um, multimedia departments in all professional sports. Like you can basic, except for they black out the local teams and anything that's national. Like okay. for example, I live in New York. I can watch through Major League Baseball I, on the internet, on my computer, on my iPhone, on if I had an Apple TV plugged to my computer, I could watch the San Francisco Giants. But you or the Oakland A's local games. But you living in the Bay Area, you can't watch those. 
just like here, but you can watch the Yankees and the Mets on the internet. Right. But here, right. I mean, it's just local teams are blocked out, and therefore, I'm a huge, as many of you know, I'm a huge Yankees fan. And yes. and and most <laughs> of and in order to watch the major, to, in order to watch. Yankee games, I have to watch them in New York. You have to watch them on TV. You can't watch them on the Internet. So you've got right. the companies are just – and sports really has been, in some ways, the killer app. It's been – it's been all – live programming has been the one thing that has kept people to traditional TV. I mean, even to the point, like, American Idol. Like, like sure, you can right. watch American Idol – you can sure you can like watch it on tape or you can DVR it, but you want to know who was voted off on Thursday night so you can tell all your friends and coworkers on Friday and actually be part of the conversation. Right. Right. Yep. So, so what has been Jay for you like? What was it? What was like? What was your first experiences using the internet? I'd I'd love to hear about that. Like what? Like wh- like when did you first start using it, and what was it that fascinated you about it? Um, I used it back when the Commodore sixty four was out. The Commodore sixty four. Well, my first experience when they had uh, line numbers, where line twenty, line thirty, line forty, and wow. uh, so I used that was the first time. And what, back then, and it was more like. Uh, I would say, you know, you could. They had an operating system. After I started, as I got out the Commodore 64, I got on an Atari, and it had an operating system called Jim. And Jim, it was more like uh, you kind of type back and forth, and you could kind of play these little games, Hey Man, <laughs> and stuff like that with people around the world. And um, it seems like it was a great thing. Then it was just a fun toy thing, you know, and that's back way back when back when Dirt was young. <laughs> Dirt. And then as it evolved, as as, as I evolved, I started using the internet to talk to people around the world about uh, music. And I was I was actually a kid then, you know, and what we would do is uh, we would just we couldn't send files, big files back then, so. What we did, we sent MIDI information, M-I-D-I, with MIDI I data. And, yeah, and what we did, we, we were able to send that send that, that information back and forth, and they could play uh, on their MIDI keyboard. They can get that data, and they could play that data on their keyboard with their sounds that they selected. And you would type in, this is an organ, this is a bass, and they would select it, then they could hear your music that way. Um, and then after it took off... Um, we we used uh, Windows came out, uh, Windows 3.1 or Windows something, and we used things called PIF files, and uh, we were able to use those to pretty much <laughs> send data and send pictures and use Windows when it first came out. And uh, but when I first started on the internet, it was really slow. Everything was 56k. Um, but that was fast back then. You know, like, I was like, wow, man, we can do stuff. I can talk to people around the world. 56K modem. Woo, this is great. Just like how you feel today with the new speeds. I was so happy. 
wow. And then you get dual modems and stuff like that. And you try to get I, I remember speed. that. I remember <laughs> that because because internet connections for a phone line, at least here in the United States, are been always been capped by the FCC because they, they didn't want to damage the actual phone lines to the point where. I remember, like, my first modem I ever had was 33.3 MBS, like, not even close to 56K. 56K was, like, the dream. I want 56K. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's it. Yeah, well, I mean, that's funny that you say that, and I forgot about that part. Yeah, it was. That was, like, top of the line there. And, I was looking. Uh, I was like. I. I was like. It wasn't until 2000, and that's talking about history, where I finally had a computer with a 56k modem. Of course, then I went to college and had broadband. <laughs> well, that's funny. I'm. I'm I, you know, while, while we're talking, I am looking at one of my first Vic modem telephone interface cartridges, and it's called a wow. Model 1600. Yeah, I have it in my hand. I don't know. You mentioned this. It's amazing. I have it in my hand. And it's the telephone, it, it, fit, it fit right into a VIG-20 Commodore computer, and it's called a Model 1600. You can look it up on the Internet, on Google, Model 1600 uh, Commodore Business Machine. And I, I have wow. it as a brown box. You stick it in the side of your, your Commodore, and you get busy on the Internet. Uh, uh, it's funny that you uh, you mentioned that here because I have it in my I have it in my hand and you're talking about the FCC. Uh, it says uh, certified to comply with the limits for a Class B computing device, um, and it says complies with Part 68 FCC rules FCC registration numbers. <laughs> so, so imagine that you mentioned that because I just happened to pick this thing up. I don't even know why I still have this, but it's funny that you mentioned that. This is my first modem in my hand as we speak. And if anybody wants to, uh, if they're interested, it's the Vic 20 modem. You can uh, you can get in touch with Parent Kids and Music, and I will send it to you if you need the uh, Vic modem. <laughs> yeah, because we all need those. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe some museum of of computers or technology, or like the Museum of the Internet. I wonder if any kinds of museums exist like that. I know, like I've been to like the Museum of the Moving Image in Queens, where like you've just got so much history in the creation of film and audio and just content, but I don't think people back then, I know when I was a kid and when I first started playing with computers, I didn't think, wow, this is going to be the new distribution platform for all media. That's what it is That's funny, because when I was a kid, I knew. I knew because back back when I was young, I would do these, these uh, mini shows, and I I, uh, I was on a platform called the IMA, which is the International MIDI Association. And their job was to m- make MIDI the protocol that Yamaha and Roland and all these keyboard companies used because everybody had different implementations of MIDI. So I, I used to get, they used to laugh at me and my friends would say, hey, play something without the computer. Nobody's going to ever use computers for music. Jay, you must be crazy. This is in the yeah. 80s. They didn't know that now. People can't get away from computers now. But back then, they computers would make fun of me. The computers own music. I mean, the fact yeah. is, we have we have iPhones. Those are the, 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 our iPhones are more powerful than any computer we had in the eighties or nineties. Wow. <laughs> right. Any computer we had in the eighties. 
that's amazing that the iPhone is way more important. Our phone is more powerful than the, these computers that we had in the 80s. That is so true. So I'd like to make an announcement because we're, as we're talking about computers and we're talking about phones and we're talking about music, I think that this is the perfect time to segue into our giveaway, our contest. You think this is a what? good time? I think you know, it's a great time. That's perfect. Well, what we are doing here today is we are announcing a contest where we here, Parents, Kids, and Music, are going to be giving away a $25 gift card for iTunes, which you can use to download any songs or videos, even Rebecca Black's Friday, if that's what you want. And it's very simple to enter. All you need to do is you need to become a fan of Parents Kids Music on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. Our page, I've actually created a little simple URL for it. Let me find this for you. And Or if you just do a search for Parents Kids Music on Facebook and find it. We, we, we are going to, on our show next week, which is going to be on Thursday, what day is that? I believe it's Thursday, March 24th, which is going to be at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. on the West Coast, Thursday, March 24th at 2 p.m. or 11 a.m., depending on where you're living. During the show, Jay and I are going to pick a random fan of our Facebook page, and that person is going to win a gift card. Now, Jay, if you had a $25 iTunes gift card, what would you, what music would you buy, or what would you buy, what would you use it for right now? Um, I, you know, you know, I'm a fan of the Black Eyed Peas. You know, I really like them and music yeah. technology. They might not be the greatest live act, but I love them, and I would probably buy. All the Black IP Peace catalog, you know. Um, but uh, I, I think our producers told me I can't enter because I'm part of the show, so I'm very sad about that. Yeah. But I would That's do. All right, but you can always, but you can always buy them. And you know what? I remember I actually saw the Black Eyed Peas live a few years ago. They were opening for Dave Matthews Band, and it, and, and they were definitely fun. And I just love the fact that that you do have, as we were mentioning a few weeks ago, there are those hip-hop artists who are not about this negative life. And and it's like, it's kind of funny, like, there have been a lot of mashups between Rebecca Black's Friday and the movie Friday. <laughs> I saw this picture of, like, saying, like, I don't know what seat to sit in, and and it's like, and and you can see like ice cubes sitting in the front seat. That's that. <laughs> I just, I'm just glad that, um, like I said, that you know Rebecca Black is a, uh, she's a definitely something different. And uh, I guess that's all, the only way you can go is that way. I guess it's, there's not too many other directions to take music other than. The opposite of music. <laughs> I hate to say that, but that's you know, like I, like, that's the, like did you like have you seen the movie Pootie Tang? Yes. 
<laughs> like, like, you remember when he had that hit single that was complete silence? Right. <laughs> yeah, they were, you know, people were dancing to that, too. You know, the guy at the uh, the hamburger stand, and, they, they, you know, they weren't yeah. hearing anything. That movie, that movie is hilarious. Uh, I really enjoyed that movie. I laughed myself to death. And uh, Like, I think yeah. that's one of the most underrated movies of the 2000s. Like, I was working at a movie theater at the time, and I just had I – mean, the movie actually was in our theaters for a week and a half. It didn't even last two weeks. And I just – and because it was – and when you work at a movie theater, you usually – Usually the way schedule works is you either get there just before all the movies start or or end. So you can't just – so if you want to see a movie, you need to get there early, then wait a while, and then go to work. Or then after your shift, you need to wait a while for a movie to start. Well, with this movie, with Pootie Tag, it was – I just had a perfect half hour, just hour and a half just before work. I watched it, and I'm glad that I did. And I bought the DVD for five bucks. Yes, it was only five bucks. It's like it was the movie was a gigantic flop. It was a huge failure at the box office. But I found it to be fun and just this great commentary on media. And it's just amazing. Like who is the next Pootie Tang? Who were the next Pootie Tangs? Or things I know like going back to Rebecca Black, I know that one art one one person that she's been compared to has been William Hung. And it brings us back to American Idol and and how we've had a decade of of a television show that has actually created some legitimate stars and just showing them coming from their roots not being in music. And the fact right. is it's and 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 over the last decade there have been so many copycats and so many clones of the American Idol format. Some of them, most of them have been failures. I mean, probably one of the few exceptions has been America's Got Talent, which, which, but it's, but it's, but this is like, but YouTube and just the internet is just like a completely different way to just, just to, to create a, just to be discovered and to find an audience, like, and it's like I think it even has its roots because, I mean, be, like I, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this on the show before or I mentioned this in person, but for example, like the comedian and actor Dane Cook, he became he he became famous because of MySpace because he was very active on MySpace, and probably one of the first grassroots performers and entertainers who actually really connected with his fans using using social networking. Right. I think the one thing I've learned is, yeah, go ahead, Jay. No, I, I was going to add, um, the back, uh, back on Rebecca, she was on the Internet, uh, and she, she said she cried over all the nasty comments. Uh yeah, she says. Yeah, I don't know if you did. You see that, uh, Ian? That yeah, I, 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 I did see that. The, 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 the clip that you're talking about was she. She was on. She was actually on Good Morning America this morning. Ah. <laughs> and and well, they interviewed her mother, and they interviewed her, and 
and it and it really like was a piece that so always did justice to the whole obsession over this video right now isn't so much about the actual this girl herself Rebecca Black. It's and the fact is that at first she thought it was her fault that she should have never done the video and all this thing. But the fact is she's realizing that she as this as the singer or as the um talent was just one piece to this entire machine that led to viral success. Right. Yeah. But well, yeah, maybe she's, she's just a normal girl. She will still be a normal girl. I bet that years from years from now, she'll pay, still famously be the Friday girl, even though people probably won't even know what she looks like when she's an adult. Because she's probably right. never, not going to be a pop star, even though, even though you know what, good for her that she's getting getting this fame and national TV appearances and that peop- And just imagine someone at 13 years old, and all of a sudden everyone in the world, for whatever reason, cares about you and all this attention. And I mean, you had, I mean, you had, I mean. I mean, it's like now in the annals of history, like the story of Michael Jackson starting out as a child star, going superstardom, and all the issues there. But just to imagine, and even Justin Bieber, 14 years old, how people are just, people all of a sudden, your child, you're like, you dream, I want to be famous, I want to be famous, and all of a sudden, you're famous. Right. It's uh, it's amazing. It's amazing how it's amazing how you can be famous so fast now in this world of technology. Uh, overnight. Speaking of overnight sensation, this girl is. A, I don't know if you can call it overnight sensation, but uh, I guess people really are cruel out there, and they they talk about you no matter if you can sing or if you can't sing. It doesn't matter. Or it's like you're good, you're bad. Like for example, like. The NFL lockout. People are like, go players, go owners, or we don't care. Just you're all super rich. Let's just get back to playing and make sure the Oakland Raiders win the Super Bowl to make Jay happy. Yeah, I would, I would really want them to make me happy, but it looks like that we are we're having a problem there. And not only that, the the, the actual Brady and all of them they're suing there. They're suing, and uh, they're um, I guess they're they don't even want to be part of the players' association anymore or their own union. Because uh, I guess these these young kids, rookies, are getting paid too much, and they agree that you should have to prove yourself. You know, you should have to, to prove yourself if you're going to even be a kid coming out of college. Shouldn't make sixty million dollars the first year sitting on the bench. <laughs> I'd like that. I'd like to make fifteen million dollars for my very first season, and without playing a single game ever, even like. I mean, like, for example, like, you've got, I mean, with the NBA, right, NBA, I mean, you've got the NCAA college tournament happening as we speak, which you can also watch online, that, that you, that, I mean, it's one thing, it's like, with the negotiations, that even, like, in the music industry or any entertainment industry where deals are made and the president is sent and they're saying, oh, the person who, the person who was 
in, the, in a similar position for me last year, got this much money, I should get this much, or actually do, do let that some inflation because, because it's a year later where time's passed, and that's how much, yeah, that person got $15 million in 2010 dollars. I want the 2011 equivalent to that, which is not that, which is more. Right. It, but it's like oh, in some ways it's, some ways, one size fits all, and in some businesses, it doesn't. Right. Well, you know, Shalise has to prove yourself. I mean, it's not too many like the Jets. They have uh, Sanchez out there. Well, he's proven himself. You know, he's a proven commodity. He should get paid. And um, and the Knicks, you got Carmelo Anthony out there. And, uh, uh, you know, he's proven himself, and... You know, the Knicks are a whole new team now, but you can't have a rookie coming in there. You know, the Knicks had all those rookies, and they didn't do anything. But you got Carmelo Anthony comes in. Now, look, a, you got him and Stoudemire. You got a brand-new team. Yeah. Defender. And, and of, course you can't, of course, you can't say bad things about rookies because Landry Fields is awesome, and I'm glad that the Knicks kept him. I mean, it's sad that they Landry. got to get rid of um, Gallinari in order to get Carmelo Anthony, but... Yeah, I mean, certain people are the best in their games. I mean, like, like I mean, certain movie actors are going to own the box office, and right. others are not. At the same time, perhaps, Jay, you and me can make the Parents' Kit music movie, release it in theaters, and all of a sudden people like it, and it opens number one. And it's like, who are Ian and Jay? I mean, or more close appropriately, oh, there's Jay. Who's Ian? Right. Who is who is Ian? Oh, oh, Ian is you. Okay, I know who Ian is. <laughs> Ian is me. Yeah, I was put put out there that uh, my daughter Jelena. Um, now we have spring vacation, so uh, she's looking forward to her spring vacation, and she's going to do a lot of i iPad stuff, and um, so. I'm, I'm, I, we got her. We got her an iPad to use, and I'm, I told her that I want her to pick all the apps that she likes, and we're gonna get three of them. So on next week's show, I'm gonna find out which are the best three apps kids of her age likes, and she's gonna ask all her friends through the spring break here what apps they have, and I'm gonna find out what kids like as far as technology apps on their iPad, and we'll have that information next week. And I want to That's share that cool. with um, the, the, that, that definitely, That definitely sounds great. It's like this, I mean, this guest-free show, like it's like we're just brainstorming. We're just coming up with just new ideas, just, just having our, just talking about everything that we love and how it relates to how it all connects back to our core, our core mission to really just create, just to just to create and strengthen relationships between parents and children of all ages. And I think that's beautiful that you can that you can um, work to spend time with your children, with your daughter, and find out these iPad apps. That's cool. Yeah, right. And, you know, an iPad is a great tool for kids because, you know, they can't break them, really. I mean, they can break the screen, but it's not like, you know, they broke mom's computer or 
you know, it's kind of like parents look at those as like little extra sketches. You know, they don't even look at, you know, all these parents out in California, they just give their kids iPads. It's like extra sketches. Wow. Hey, you know, do your thing. Yeah, because, you know, we're by Apple. It's the Apple thing to do since Apple is in the Bay Area. And uh, and then I was talking to one of my technology friends. He told me to share this, that the iPad, one, is actually better with the Wi-Fi. It's better than the one with the 3G and also the new one because the Wi-Fi is faster. And either the new one is really not all that. So those of you that got the first iPad right now, uh, it, it is hard to see on the iPod uh, 2. The screen is kind of smaller. Everything is littler. So people who bought that first iPad actually came out better, if you look at it, pound for pound. So those of you who got the first Wi-Fi, that's the one to get. I hope they continue that one because I think they might have gave us a little bit too much in the first version, and now they're shrinking it down and making it cheaper when they're telling you it's better but it's cheaper. So I want to share this. So if you guys are going to buy an iPad for your kids, try to get the Wi-Fi version because it's faster, it's better, and it's bigger, and it's cheaper. I just want to share that with our audience. That's good technology information from your buddy Jay here. So. That is cool, Jay. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. I mean, I know I've heard rumors that the iPad 2 is not the only model the iPad that Apple's going to be releasing this year, but those are just rumors right now. Like, I'm just at the point where it's like, I'm just reading stuff saying, like, one of the guys who originally developed the PC for IBM thinks the PC is going to be extinct. And the fact that devices like the iPad and these phones, which are computers, are ultimately going to replace the PC. It's like, like do you, do you think that time has come, or 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 how well, much? Like, like, we'll, like, do you see a world where people don't have computers and have well, something I else? Well, I, yeah, that time is coming. They won't have PCs anymore, but it's not coming anytime soon because people still have third-party developers that they want to add different cards in to the slots and the new slots and the faster slots. But for the rest of the world, soon, sooner or later. Software is just going to take over. And I've always said this for years, too, Ian. Soon hardware, everything's going to be one piece of hardware, and all the software is going to work on one piece of hardware. Eventually. I don't know if it's going to come in our time, but eventually the PCs and the desktops are going to die. But as far as for corporations and, and big companies with big servers and all this stuff and satellite companies, they're going to still have these huge uh, giant computers and floors and they got things now called virtual satellites where your whole PC is really up in space. You know, you're, you're, all your wow. terabytes, you don't even have to have a nothing but a thing, uh, you know, like a pad or iPad or um, a thing client. So, so they have things now that are in place for that. But eventually, yes, the regular normal people are only going to need these surfaces. And they'll have everything either on a watch band or a pad, and that's where we're going, and uh, that's a good thing. You know, it's like, kind of like the calculator. Remember, the big, remember when we were young, the calculator was big, and then all of a sudden it got smaller and smaller and smaller to now oh, the application. <laughs> <laughs> calculator doesn't even count anymore. It's like, come, they give it to you free. That's what's going to happen. Or, like, the fact is, even, like, the scientific calculators, like, I remember, like, taking, like, 
calculus classes in college, and the fact is that the iPhone calculator, which comes standard, has a built-in scientific calculator on it. <laughs> That's funny. Like, I, like I've been I've been reading a book about like CEOs and founders of companies, and they're where they are. Like, and I was reading like Steve Wozniak, like before he co-founded Apple with Steve Jobs, he used to work at HP and Hewlett Packard in their calculator division, and he. And before Apple, he said, he said he planned to work at HP for the rest of his life. He loved the job and he loved the company. And just to think that you've gone from, I mean, I mean, even IBM used to make typewriters, and so they made personal computers. I mean, IBM doesn't even make PCs anymore. They've just adapted to so what's next. Right. And everything is Intel, so everything is actually. Intel anyway, so everything on the planet is really a PC-based system because it's all Intel, which Intel is behind the PC, and so the Apple has Intel also, so therefore everything yeah. is coming back to its roots. People might not know, yeah. oh, I like the Apple, I hate the PC, and I hate the PC, I can't stand the Apple, but they're the same thing. Other than operating system, it's no different. I mean, yes. I mean, yes. There was one point where the Mac and, like, where Windows was Mac. I mean, even, like, the current Mac system, OS X or OS X, is, like, not even the original Mac system. It was, I mean, it's just a completely different operating system. Or even, like, running, like, I just recently up, finally upgraded my, my own MacBook to Snow Leopard, which has been around for a few years. So, yes, I'm welcome to the 21st century, and Yes, I get it. But... Like, I mean, there's an option. I can boot Windows on my computer, and it's just no different because everything is just one of the same. Or even the fact is that operating systems are even dying. It's like when you're thinking about the cloud, like the Google Docs, like Google Docs has really become, grown to become a, a Microsoft Office replacement. Wow. <laughs> Like, to the point where, like, I'm considering not even up, because, like, I'm, I'm I'm considering not even having Microsoft Office on my computer, because I, because almost all the functions, most of the functionality, which myself, which is really the average user, I'm not like a business user who, I'm not a secretary or a receptionist or a researcher who spends heavy hours with spreadsheets and databases and word processing, so the fact that it's up there in the cloud for anyone to have. Right. And, and that's what's going to happen to every, pretty much all the stuff is going to be free apps, and people are going to be able to just have these things. And what's good about it is our kids are growing up in this new world where all these apps will become available to them for free. I can see I can see this happening, you know. I can see all this being free in maybe ten, twenty years from now. All the stuff we're looking at right now is going to be free. Yeah, the ones that we pay five dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like all the because I mean we're in a we're in a generation where marketing has changed, where it's we're broadcasting a, a message on television or magazines or newspapers or radio. Is it is it necessary? Because 
you've got the social web. You have your Facebooks, your Twitters, even the people that are still on MySpace and other social networks internationally where people are, like, giving their opinions on products as they happen. There are people who will be like, I really like this artist. I really like this music video. I really like this beer or soda. We're a family show. That those are things that are there. I mean, there are, I mean, like, you have, like, location applications like Foursquare and GoWallow where someone can check into a location and if they're constantly checking into the same location, it's a vote from that person to everyone who they're connected to. <clears throat> this is a cool place. And I like going here. And because I go here all frequently, and you can see that, maybe you should come here too. Or maybe you don't like me, so therefore you should avoid this place. <laughs> wow, that's a uh, – that's a uh, – that's a uh, – well, no, we do. We like this place. We want – I wanted yeah, to add yeah. too. Oh, I wanted to add some more information on that iPad that you know, kind of like the iPhone also because it has the two cameras, and uh, but it's still better to get your kid the first iPad, and uh, I think that's something that's going to be used in most classes. You know, kids will be bringing these things to school, and they'll be able to do all this stuff and email the teacher and and be able to ask more questions. And it would be less cost to the parent uh, monthly, you know. Wow. Uh, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi is free. <laughs> so, so I, I hope that these new tools and this new technology uh, gets into the school systems. Um, we should do. We should be an advocate of trying to pass and give all the students, thirty-two kids, iPads for a semester. Ten-year-olds and eleven-year-olds. And educate them with that and see how that works. I would like to see that test because I believe it would be more fun. The teacher will be able to talk to the kids better because since there's only one teacher per 32 students, she can look at her iPad and monitor each kid. And if they have a question, they don't have to be afraid to raise their hand in class. And most kids are afraid to be wrong because they're afraid to see uh, pretty much how the, their peers, you know, they're all looking for attention. Nobody wants to look wrong. But if they, what if they could sit there and talk to the teacher from the iPad and ask the question? I got this, I got this problem wrong. This math equation wrong. I don't want my friend Sammy to know that I'm a dummy. Uh, I want to ask the teacher because she helped me with it. But I don't want none of the other kids to laugh at me. These things could be done with these iPads, better educational tools. So, just wondering. I just usually I'm talking about this iPad and this technology in because I kind of want parents to kind of look at the great things technology can do. Um, and these iPads are going to be cheap. Eventually, they're going to be like a hundred bucks. You know, mm. I mean, it's just a matter of time. Or even here. even lower. Like I remember, I remember like like maybe about five, six, seven years ago, there was this one laptop per child project for third world countries where where they were they were making these one hundred dollar laptops, and they became so and. People in the United States just really became so enamored with them themselves to the point where people, where companies started making these stripped down, low, and with like hot, like that's what netbooks are, and, and that's right. the iPad was Apple's 
answer to the Netbook. And Apple, I'm, I'm also, it's just like Apple has had the success because they have all the relationships with all these distributors that they have a huge advantage over Motorola with their Zoom, that's X-O-O-M, and other tablet products that I think that in the next few years it will come to scale and to the fact I'd become more powerful. So you know what? We will see. But, you, Jay, do you realize that we have only a few minutes left on this wonderful Friday edition of Parents Kids Music? So can you believe it's wow. been an hour? That would have been, it seems like it's been like 15 minutes. I can't believe it. <laughs> it, just, it, just flew, it just flew by. And I just want to remind everyone that next week we are giving away an, a $25 iTunes gift card. Our show will be on Thursday, which is the day before Friday. Thursday, March 24th at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. And all you need to do to win the the gift card is to become a fan of Parents Kids Music on Facebook. And we will be and we are looking forward to rewarding one of our fans with a gift card. So do you have any final thoughts on this wonderful Friday as we're about to start the weekend? Oh, I think that we had a great talk about Rebecca Black. I believe that that opens up a new chapter for music storytelling, telling, which, you know, I always believe that that can work because, uh, you know, we've been working on this thing. I've been working on a thing called speech music. So this is another... This is another thing like speech music, where you could talk your way through a song and get an audience. So it proves the fact that people are, are interested in music and dialogue. So that's my thought. I think this is a good direction. They might be laughing at this little girl now, but in the end, I think this would be a way of communication where people could express themselves and other people can relate to what they're saying. Kids can relate to what this little girl is saying. So that's my thoughts for today. Um, be open-minded. Be open-minded to this new style of music because it's coming, whether you like it or not. <laughs> All right, Jay. Jay Stake, thank you very much once again for another great show. Show number 25. 25 shows. It's a wow. quarter of a century now. So, well, What is your treasure.net, Ian? What is your treasure.net is a website. Yes, it is. My treasure today is that that I have that I have a that my hard drive I finally loaded Phil Leopard into it, and that it's working and it's running and it's beautiful, and that I'm able to run the switchboard for parents' kids' music right here. That's my treasure of the day, Jay. How about you? Mine is, we had a wonderful show, and you guys go check out whatisyourtreasure.net. Excellent. All right, Jay, we'll see you all on Thursday. Become fans of our fan page, and we will see you, listen, and hear you, and talk to you, and be with you then. See you later. All right. See you later.